With technology changing at blinding speeds, businesses often struggle to understand what is real and what is hype. Blockchain, which is the technology behind Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, is one of such technologies that offers a lot of promise but rarely understood. 5G is yet another great technology that claims to revolutionize how we connect and communicate. But do these two innovations have anything in common? Together, can they provide a better economic value to businesses? Let's find out from the expert. Hey guys, this is your host Ashish Jain and thanks for listening to the Alignment Podcast where we go beyond the buzzwords and connect the dots between technology and its business impact. Today, I'm so very excited to welcome David Walsh to our discussion. He's one of the finest technologists and business leaders I've encountered. Over the past 30 years, he has successfully disrupted and innovated technology across a wide range of markets including automated trading systems, financial extranet and embedded cloud communications. He has built scaled and sold companies from startup to global enterprises, generating over $3 billion of cumulative gains. I enjoyed working with David on several initiatives, and I was always amazed by his ability to connect the dots across the entire value chain of technology. My motive in today's discussion is to hear this great visionary investor bring reality to blockchain in the context of 5G. So without further ado, I am excited to welcome the founding partner of Extranet Venture Partners, David Walsh. David, it's a true pleasure to speak with you today. Well, thanks so much, uh, Ashish, for this uh, kind introduction. I've always enjoyed uh, working with you, and um, I'm looking forward to uh, participating in this uh, podcast. Great. Now, I'm very excited, David. And this topic is is very interesting, 5G and blockchain. But before we jump into that, um, you told me that in the last four months, uh, you have been completely operating off of your smartphone, and I am truly amazed. So, how do you do that? Well, four you know four months ago, I decided to come shelter at home because the area here, the tri-state area in New York, got hit so hard that I literally didn't want to take any chances. Especially, my my wife has some health conditions, and I was like, okay, I'm j- I guess I'm just not going back to work. And what I decided at that point is to see if I could completely live without a desktop laptop and purely off my smartphone. And I have to say, it's been great. I'm completely mobile. I do everything online. I'm averaging between 6.8 and 8.3 hours of screen time a day on my on my mobile. And it's it's been great. I don't feel I, I, I'm not lugging things around. I'm not packing things up. I'm not turning things on and off. You know, I'm not closing windows, opening windows, and I've really organized my phone and all the apps that I need, whether it's banking to pay my bills, you name it. I have everything. I have to tell you, I'm even able as a financial guy to look and review spreadsheets and PowerPoints, and I've been doing tons of communications like uh, unified communications, whether it's go-tos or, or uh, Teams or Zooms, and uh, it's all worked really well. And I don't think I'm going back. I, I'm sure I'll use my laptop from time to time, but for the most part, I think I've, you know, let's use the term, I've cut the cord. Uh, <laughs> I've made the shift. <laughs> I don't think I'm going back. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, 
So now I know you have always been fascinated by connectivity and communications, and you've been associated with internet and, and connectivity for a long time. In fact, you've, you've invented some in, in wide, wide areas. Uh, give us some scoop of you know what's happening in that space and how do you see it changing? Well, I, I think that you, you just mentioned two really interesting technologies, one um, blockchain and another 5G. And uh, you said, well, you know, where where is the intersection? Like, sort of like that Venn diagram, right? Like, where is the where is the crossover? And both of these technologies are getting a, a lot of airtime. And as you know, with any technology, you know, there's smoke before there's fire, and we're we're still waiting for for the fire. But it's, there's undeniable smoke in both of these these areas now the question is whether that smoke is some of its smoke and mirrors or is it the smoke that's going to lead to a fire and i actually think it's the smoke that's going to lead to the fire because i think what's driving these technologies is uh is going to be things that can transform how we live how we do business how we improve basic things like health our work life and when whenever you have things that line up uh, nicely like that, you tend to see things move along and become successful. So when I look at the whole blockchain, it got such a great lift from from cryptocurrency because you sort of need something to validate technology to get it rolling. And then often it becomes something different. It evolves over time. And I think that's what we're seeing now. Like people have you can't argue about whether cryptocurrency works anymore. You know, it's got a there's one hundred and eighty billion dollars of Bitcoin out in the market. You know, every day you, you go on your laptop, your mobile, and you look at news and something new. Somebody, you know, like Starbucks is now accepting Bitcoin or you can buy Bitcoin. You can you can use Bitcoin in vending machines. And so every day you're seeing the blockchain get exercised more and getting uh, validated. And that's given lots of other areas of the market, whether it's healthcare, finance, the telecom sector, to go and say, okay, well, if this has worked in the cryptocurrency market, why can't it work in our markets uh, that need to go digital? So you're seeing a natural uh, curiosity from the carriers and the telecommunications industry to look at this technology that was very successful and and why, you know, like, why is it successful? You, well, it has some very, like, key attributes, right? This whole blockchain technology, you know, the distributed ledger, which essentially provides authentication or authority, right? It's peer-to-peer. -peer. That's the beauty of it, right? In other words, today, there's always somebody sitting in the middle of the transaction providing that. Uh, that function, like mm -hmm. typically like a bank, right? Between every transaction, you have a bank, so you can appeal to an authority if anything goes wrong. But that's a if you could eliminate that and the network itself can provide the trust, and now you're peer to peer, you have flattened out uh, an ecosystem. And imagine, and this is what blockchain has the ability to do, is to flatten out all these supply chains and just eliminate enormous waste. Like just think about all the middlemen that aren't needed if the network can perform the trust function. So 
in, in the case of the of cryptocurrency, somebody had to validate that a transaction happened. And so the distributed le uh, ledger, which is impossible to crack, it gets even more challenging every day. It's it's distributed. It's time stamped. It's irreversible. And those characteristics uh, essentially can give provide the trust that counterparties need to facilitate commerce. And so that says that this blockchain technology can be applied to any form of commerce. Now, there are certain I think we'll find over time there are certain applications that are better suited than others. But um, this is definitely going to have something that has wide appeal. And then you say, OK, well, let me put this lens on. Let's do the Venn diagram. Let's draw a circle around blockchain. And let's draw a circle around 5G and see if there's an interconnection. Because one thing we do know is 5G is coming. There's just yeah. no question about it. Now, whether it, li it will live up to the hype or not, you know, it's hard to know. Um, but the ability to provide higher speed alone is a big enough killer app to drive 5G forward. So 5G is going to be here. Blockchain is going to be here. Then the question is, where is that crossover? Yeah, so that's an interesting, and thanks for explaining the, the blockchain aspect to it. And I always wonder, like from a 5G perspective, definitely, you know, 5G is an enabler for a lot more things. You know, we've seen wireless technology evolve over the period of time. And every generation has brought a new perspective to how we connect and communicate. And and 5G is just, just a leap uh, over 4G in terms of not just speed and performance, but in terms of the capabilities and the applications that it will support. Uh, I agree with you totally, but we'll yet to see whether it will live up to the hype. So IoT is one big thing, and I see a lot more devices. You know, 5G claims to support a large number of devices per square kilometer than any other technology has ever supported, and we'll see a wide variety of devices come into play. And 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 with that, of course, comes with a lot of threat. So is is security is the intersection point for blockchain with 5G, or or, or do you have a different perception on it? Well, I think there's there's in this Venn diagram there's more than just one thing. I think there's going to be a lot of things that fall into it, and I'll, I'll, I'll cover a few of them, and then we can dive into any one that you find particularly interesting. But first off, just by the nature of the spectrum um, that will be used, which is higher frequency, which means you can go faster, but you can't go as far. So we all want to go faster, but the issue is you can't go as far. So that means that we have to build out these networks further into um, the edge of of the of of the basically the planet, right? We're we're gonna, you know, I've, I've seen some estimates that says that we're gonna have five times as many radios or base stations out there to build out 5G. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is, if you assume that is correct, and I think it is, that you're gonna have a lot more base stations. Um, you're gonna have to connect those base stations with fiber because you're gonna be hauling more data, and there's to provide the footprint and coverage that you need. Um, the first thing that one might conclude is, well, wait a minute, does it make sense for every wireless company to go out and overbuild each other? It might've made sense with 1X and 2 and 3G and 
and, and LTE, does it, does it really make sense for every carrier, like for T-Mobile, for Verizon, for AT&T, to now say, well, each one of us are going to try to replicate um, the identical network, or will these carriers begin to share? Because if the answer is that they begin to share the infrastructure, there's a huge use case in that, in that somebody has to validate the transactions that flow between those networks. So instead of them building all their endpoints and you always registering to your network service provider, you just go to the strongest signal. Then you have peering considerations that would be massive and perfect for a blockchain type technology. So I, I'm a believer, like if I were a CEO of, of uh, let's say Verizon, I'd be more inclined to look to partner more like the wireless carriers did back in the in the 90s, where they roamed on each other's network more frequently. Now, it, it'll probably go more to a peering model, but the traffic between the two networks, somebody has to be an authority. Why not the network? Do we really want to ha introduce an unnecessary clearinghouse when the network can perform that function? So the first thing, and also remember that you're not just going to be connecting and federating different networks like uh, 5G networks, but why not Wi-Fi networks? Some of the largest concentration of users are in people's homes. They're in places like ho uh, hospitals. They're in places like hotels. But that traffic is going to be needed to be federated. So as these networks federate, is a perfect opportunity to use blockchain as the validation infrastructure to perform the microtransaction, which is every time traffic moves between network A and network B. All the CDRs are all sent out to multiple servers uh, on the distributed le ledger. That way, any disputes can be resolved quickly. You get rid of fraud because you have a digital identity. So there's one use case right there that I see as a big opportunity. I just call it peering and roaming amongst the 5G and Wi-Fi operators who are going to want to federate. Interesting. No, I think this is very well said. And I think some of these networks, David, have existed. I know the, shared, the concept of shared infrastructure is going to be a, a new concept. I mean, we haven't seen uh, operators around the world actually share their towers yet. Um, but the concept of shared spectrum is emerging in U.S. because of the CBRS or ONGO model, right? So there is some aspect of sharing there, which, of course, again, there is a middleman uh, in, in, in doing the arbitration between who is using that spectrum. So that middleman is not going away in that case. It would be ideal if blockchain could solve that problem. But there has been... Well, uh, yeah. Well, one ahead. thing that's funny is about the about you're right about the towers. They they don't like to <laughs> they don't like to share towers. But the funny thing is they sell the tower off to American Tower, and then American Tower syndicates the tower to everyone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and they end that's... up sharing them anyways. But they just they need a middleman to perform the function because sometimes they don't. I guess they don't trust each other. I don't know. But in this case, I really think there's a a use case because everybody buying spectrum and everybody building radios, there's just not going to be enough space um, on rooftops and to be able to do it. 
Yeah. Like it, 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 it's just, and it's, uh, a, just a intergalactic waste of CapEx. And the challenges that these carriers have always had is they build these new business cases for, you know, I've, I've seen them from 1X to 3G to LTE, and they all claim, okay, well, we're going to invest in Spectrum and radio and, and all of this and make colossal investment. And what are we going to do? Well, we're going to drive up ARPU. And ARPU has never risen as a result. So they're going to have to find, like, more efficient ways to deploy their CapEx. But they can't do that at scale unless there's an inf- a trusted infrastructure um, to do it. Otherwise, there's going to be too much cost in managing the roaming relationships the old way. But the new way with blockchain, it'd be highly efficient. And um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to see if, if that if that takes off. That's great. <clears throat> OK, so that's one point. You said there's several intersections. I'm, I'm excited to hear the second one. What would be the second intersection? Well, well you, you, you mentioned it. Like, let's take IoT. Or let, before we jump into IoT, let's just like I've seen some of these projections, like 18 to 20 billion devices by 2022. So it's not only that there's going to be a lot more radios out there. There's going to be a lot more devices out there. So now with this order of magnitude, more of devices, just think of what you can do. And a lot of these are going to be IoT devices, right? They're going to be managing things like smart cars, right? Mm-hmm. And like look at the, the business, what's happened with like Uber and Lyft. Last year, I just tracked this the other day. And I've got multiple cars and all this kind of stuff. So it's not like I don't have transportation. But my family used three, just around 300, I think 346 um, Uber slash Lyft rides last year. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> okay, that's that's just one family. So now all of these, this is these Uber virtual fleets. These fleets need to be tracked, right? Mm-hmm. Now, why do they need to be tracked? Well, at some point, they're they're not only going to they're not going to be cars that are driven. These are going to be just self-driving cars at some point. Right. So now once they become self-driving cars like the intelligence needs to say, well, go fill up the tank of gas or, you know, it, it's time to go to the car wash. Right. All these things can be scheduled through these intelligent devices. So this is a whole nother opportunity for blockchain to be that digital engine for all of these transactions, not just me getting a lift ride, but as an example for Uber managing their fleet of assets. So this whole asset tracking takes on a whole nother level. But, you know, all of these transactions need to be validated. They need to be stored. And that's yet another perfect application. And think about, you know, us have how important it is to have a digital identity now. But every device is going to have an identity. You have to before you can transact, you have to know who you're dealing with. And this is where blockchain can play um, a really important role. So as devices grow and as devices move shift from being just human people with a human digital identity, to a identity of a a device. So a device can now transact. 
the volume of transactions is going to skyrocket, and that lends itself for yet another peer-to-peer -peer clearing infrastructure for transactions on these mobile networks. So, David, let's just expand on that a little bit. Um, when you when you say, I mean, I love the example of you know an autonomous car. By the way, I did experience one in Vegas a couple of months back. It's already on the road, um, an autonomous cab. So for you, take that. Let's take that example because we we see that is happening, and especially in California, a lot more testing and trials are going on around that. When you're sending a car and the car is doing a transaction, which middleman are we eliminating from this using blockchain? Okay, so it it depends on what what it is that you're doing. So in some cases, the car is going to be doing transactions with lots of different people. So let me give you an example. One type of transaction is between me and an Uber or Lyft, right? I'm getting a Lyft and I'm being charged. Another transaction could be um, I need to pay Easy Pass for my utilization. Another transaction could be my fleet is open and I'm going to allow another network to use my fleet. Ah, now you're into something different. Now you're you're transacting between two different networks. Who's going to provide the security? Who's going to provide the comfort and the trust? Right? So if I have a fleet of cars, I could have many different, I could have my own fleet and I could be leasing to Uber, Lyft and lots of other people. And my, my car could just be floating around being used by multiple different operators. Who's going to clear all those transactions? Hmm. So, so like, that, that's like, kind of where it's going. In other words, think about this Uber model now taken to the next level or Airbnb taken to the next level. All of these business models are the assets are already out there. It's just providing greater utilization and flattening out the supply chain. So think about this, that Uber might not – they don't own the cars today. Why would they own them in the future? So I just might put my car out on the road and let the different operators use it. Think about the transportation business when it comes to train boxcars, right? When you see that train, you've got boxcars from all kinds of different owners of those boxcars, right? Mm -hmm. So, in, and they're being placed by different people and tracked by different people. Same thing could happen in the transportation space. Like I could simply, you, me, or anybody could buy our own autonomous car and put it out for anybody to use. But somebody's got to be able to track all those transactions and clear them. So either a third party needs to do it or a network itself needs to do it. I would argue a network would be more efficient at it. It's a great example, David. And I, we already see those kind of things happening in, in a more traditional way today where Amazon tries to make partnerships with Uber to deliver stuff. Right. So they, yeah, those things are happening uh, in terms well, of shared infrastructure, well, shared shared economy, what we call it. Well, you see, Amazon, when they got in their fight with FedEx because, you know, FedEx didn't want to deliver paper products because it wasn't profitable. So Amazon started buying cars and leasing them to drivers. But what's ultimately going to happen is people are just going to put their fleets out there for use by anyone who wants to use them. And that car could be used by 20 different sources in a day. It's just moving around, yeah. right? As long as there's a network that provides trust and I get paid, I don't care who uses that car or that truck. So that's just one example, but you could just apply that to everything. 
if you have connectivity and you have a in a way of tracking intelligently tracking something you can then transact with it and if you can transact with a distributed ledger that has trust you can create all kinds of business models out of assets that are already out there no, i totally agree david it, it's not it's not be too much distant in the future i mean i know amazon just recently purchased zooks it's an autonomous car company and they're heading in that direction with autonomous fleets and, and and how do you put infrastructure like that on the in the on in, in the market yeah it's like even you go back to like think about rail transportation you know i could just own box cars and whoever wants to use them use them as long as i know it's being tracked there's a smart contract behind every transaction and i know i get paid when somebody uses it i don't really care where that box car is who's filling it right it's just an asset that i want to utilize as much as possible and because it's digitally enabled now you can like airbnb it or, or uber anything you know right. like like a box car for example or a car anything uh, any asset could be shared more efficiently so it's about completely flattening the supply chain eliminating waste and not just eliminating waste but also optimizing the use of things so, so you know get getting rid of things like downtime so why why 5g like why can't we do this with 4g when that's a pretty fast network as well well you, you know I, i'm not saying it's binary i think that a lot of these things you know a lot of iot things are fine with 4g because they're so low bandwidth it's like reading a um power meter at your home like it's so low bandwidth it's infrequent that it needs to be monitored it rarely goes down i don't think you need a 5g network for that but if you have assets that are moving around and transacting a lot then you do and that's where i think the promise of 5g comes in so yeah i think there'll be plenty of iot applications like people tracking all kinds of things that don't involve a lot of bandwidth but that in those things they've already taken off i mean there's just untold amount of iot applications out there that are working fine on 4g but there's a lot of stuff that can be enabled if you have a deeper faster broader network yeah that's great so do you think this goes the other way around as well i know from a blockchain perspective especially in the cryptocurrency world there's a lot of mining happens. You need a lot of infrastructure to mine those things and, you know, connectivity is needed and how you move transacting things and moving things. Does 5G bring value to blockchain in a way that it expedites that? Well, first, I, I, I believe that um, there's going to be a lot of blockchain modifications. So blockchain is overkill in some cases for certain applications. First off, it's not necessarily built for speed, but you can overcome that. Like I, I don't, you know, if you look at how long it takes to process and validate a transaction on cryptocurrency, Bitcoin transaction, that can take minutes. That's not going to be particularly useful to replace, let's say, a, a retail credit card network that's, you know, that JP Morgan or First Data runs. Now, you can do it just by taking the risk. You swipe the credit card. You know the transaction is not going to you know, settle for another 10 minutes, and you're taking the currency risk in that time frame, which is fine. It's a way to get around the inefficiencies sometimes of trust. You know, Trust is, requires work and proof of work. 
And proof of work is solving puzzles. And that takes time. Uh, it takes compute time and power. So what I already see is some software companies that are out there that are using the blockchain structure, but they're streamlining it so that they can make it more cost effective for certain types of applications. Because mining is it's fine for cryptocurrency because, you know, if you look at one coin today is worth nine thousand dollars. But if a transaction uh, it comes a point where the heaviness of the blockchain as it's used for cryptocurrency won't work for lighter applications. And I already see companies that are modifying the blockchain code, uh, taking the best pieces of it and then streamlining it. And so I think you're going to see like a lot of modification like that. They're going to people are going to call it blockchain um, because it's going to be at the core of it. It's going to function like blockchain, but it's going to be a version of blockchain. Oh, great. That's good to hear. And of course, because it's a distributed ledger model, that means, you know, more number of nodes distributed. And would 5G by any way, and considering 5G and edge computing, like going hand in hand these days, how does that play in role of expanding that distributed ledger network in supporting the efficiency and improving the efficiency of blockchain processing? Well, the, the beauty of the distributed ledger is it just makes it impossible to hack. If you look at Bitcoin is today, the ledger every day gets bigger and bigger and there's there's more compute power, more miners hooked up to the network. It's getting, you know, every day geometrically more difficult to hack. So it's very, very secure. And that's what provides the trust that you need to be able to eliminate the middleman. So that element of the protocol of Bitcoin is really important. But the question becomes, you know, at some point, how distributed of a ledger do you really need? Right. At some point, mm -hmm. once you get to it's impossible to hack, does it make sense to make it even more difficult to hack? So there's where I think people. And I just got introduced to a company that's like and I've, I've heard of, you know, several companies like this. But this company is called I think it's called Tudac, T-O-D-A-Q. And this is basically what what they have done. They've streamlined the blockchain protocol so that they can make it more cost efficient, reduce latency in terms of transaction times, things like that. Great. Now, David, you come from an investment background and you and I to look for the right application, the product where you would put your money and the investor's money. In the current times, if they, if you have to pick an intersection of a 5G and a blockchain and look for a vertical or an application to invest in, what would that be? Well, like I said, I like this. I like peering because I think that it's going to be imperative that networks interconnect and the traffic between the networks uh, is going to grow um, because the endpoints are going to expand. And so I think that to me, that's some really fertile ground. You've got you're going to have some wind at your back. We know more devices means more traffic. We know more radios means more connectivity. We know that when the carriers connect with each other, there's going to be more traffic and somebody's going to have to play the middleman and the network is the most efficient middleman in the market and that's blockchain. So I like that 
I like it a lot. I also like the digital identity game. I think that somebody who manages digital identity, both for individual people and smart IoT devices, I think that's going to be some fertile ground. I also think somebody's going to blow up the portability market. There's no need for a third party to be the authority in portability. That should be peer to peer. Right. Like if I want to change my phone number, I should be able to just instantly change my phone number and it should be completely transparent. So I think that somebody's going to disrupt portability by using blockchain. So those are some of the areas that, you know, I'm I'm looking at. I also think a big area for blockchain and also 5G is going to be in financial services because people are going to be mobile. And I think the whole clearing and settlement process, which still takes way too long from when I do a, you know, a trade uh, until I get confirmation. Like I should be able to do a trade and get a confirmation. I'm done instantaneously. And I should be settled with my money in the bank, you know, within a minute. You know, that takes still takes days. I think that that is going to get flattened out and improved. So those are just some areas that I, I, I could see some value add. Have you seen any interesting applications that caught your attention that are already in play? You know, I I haven't. The only investment I've made in the blockchain space is in the mining space. I've seen a lot of other applications, but I haven't I haven't made the investment yet. I, I, I still think I'm still waiting to see the killer app. I've seen lots of stuff that I think is nice and I think they'll be successful business. But will they be transformational? I'm not sure. So I, I like to get involved in things I really believe have, you know, completely be a game changer. So I see a lot. I mean, there's just, oh, my God. I, I mean, every day somebody's launching a new blockchain based business. But I know that I like the comfort of cryptocurrency because it's working and it's growing. And if you're going to Invest in cryptocurrency, I, I kind of like the idea of being the miner because you are at the bottom of the pyramid. Nothing works unless mining works. Somebody has to be there to verify the transactions. Otherwise, there, there is no crypto market. So I, a lot of people investing in companies that are making wallets and a lot of people investing in the, the pooling operators. Uh, there, there's lots of investment, but I, I like the space I'm in, which is at the bottom of the pyramid. But anyways, yeah, there's a lot out there and I'm looking at these opportunities daily. There's a lot of creativity being used. You know, there's two ways to apply blockchain. Do you go in and disrupt an old market or do you create a new market? And I think that there's going to be money in both. But I think that the people who find the new markets, much like cryptocurrency, I think that's where you're going to see the unicorns. Awesome. David, I hope you find the, the killer app soon and we're all looking for such killer applications. Uh, in, <laughs> Me too. Uh, it's it's amazing to to hear your views on how blockchain and technology and the wireless technology will penetrate in our lives without us, without us even knowing they are. Just like I, I see that technologies like AI has find a way uh, and a lot of people don't even realize that it is AI. Blockchain will find its way as well in our daily lives. And 
a lot more companies, businesses will will start to invest. And I still think there's there's just the business community uh, does not really understand the full potential of this technology and what it can do for them. And it's been it's been viewed as a, a fundamental technology, like you said, for cryptocurrencies. But the other applications, uh, they're tremendous. And and I think there's a lot of education to be done in the market and your insights are tremendously valuable. Thank you. I really appreciate it and enjoyed every, every minute of it. Thanks, David. Okay, thank you. Wow, that was a super exciting discussion. I love the statement that network is the most efficient middleman and the idea of creating a collaborative economy of digital assets. Thanks, David, for connecting the dots for us between blockchain and 5G and sharing your vision on how the intersection of these two great technologies will disrupt the market. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you liked this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the Alignment Podcast on your favorite platform. It's A-L-Y-N-M-E-N-T. Reach out to me at ashish.jain at kairospulse.com with feedback and suggestions or look me up on LinkedIn. Until next time, adios. Adios.